0: Good evening and welcome to our Bible study, and um, if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Job chapter 23, Job chapter 23, starting to read at verse 1. Even today my complaint is bitter, his hand is heavy in spite of my groaning, if only I knew where to find him, if only I could go to his dwelling. I would state my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would find out what he would answer me, and consider what he would say. Would he oppose me with great power? No, he would not press charges against me, there an upright man could present his case before him, and I would be delivered for ever from my judge. But if I go to the east, he is not there, if I go to the west, I do not find him. When he's at work in the north, I do not see him. When he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. But he knows the way that I take. When he's tested me, I shall come forth as gold. My feet have closely followed his steps. I've kept to his way without turning aside. I haven't departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread but he stands alone and who can oppose him he does whatever he pleases he carries out his decree against me and many such plans and many such plans he still has in store that is why I am terrified before him when I think of all this I fear him god has made my heart faint the almighty has terrified me yet i am not silenced by the darkness by the thick darkness that covers my face god add his blessing to the reading of his word let's just pray together our oh, father we thank you again that we can come around your word and that we come in your presence you are here with us And our Father, we pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you will speak to us through these words, that we might be encouraged, that we might be challenged, and that we might hear your voice. Our Father, we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, here in Job 23, we've read um, through to verse 17. That's the end of that uh, chapter. But this is the first part of Job's reply to Eliphaz let's just consider one or two things here you see Job's three friends disapprove of what Job has been saying they talk about things that are not confirmed as being true things that others who have heard them will then begin to believe they believe what they are saying about Job and the result will be and the result is conflict you know, this reminds us of what Solomon was talking about when he spoke in Proverbs 16 and verse 28. He said this: "A perverse person, a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends." That word perverse," it means showing a deliberate and obstinate desire to behave in a way that is unreasonable or even unacceptable it's a sobering thought to think that his friends they are wise men they are godly men they are men with influence but men who have descended from being close friends of job into becoming just another thorn in his flesh a thorn in his side before we hear Job's reply, which incidentally will cover both chapters 23 and 27, so we've only looked at half of it this evening. But let us remember how we assessed Job's position as we finished in chapter 22. We know that Job is not happy with what's happening to him. He knows that it's not fair, and he longs for relief from his pain. Now Job is coming to God. He's coming confused and distressed, looking for answers. He knows that he's innocent and he knows that God can give and that God can take away. He believes in the sovereign will of God. That's an important thing for us to get a hold of. And he knows that one day he will see God and that he will then be vindicated. Now, Job might not realize it, but his faith in God is a faith that is in things not seen. That is the definition that we have of faith in Hebrews. And this is the reality being worked out in the life of Job. His confidence is in what he hopes for and his assurance is in what he does not see. Job's faithfulness to God is based on him knowing God And it's not in the material blessings that God had blessed him with. We know, that Job can't understand why these blessings have been removed, they've been taken away, and they've been replaced by pain and heartache. But he won't undermine God's right to do this by making some kind of a deal with God in order for God to restore his health and his wealth. Sometimes people will say that, you know, they've been in a certain situation and they'll say, um, God, if you get me out of this, then I will believe you and trust you and follow you. And then very often when they are removed from that situation, they just ignore the words that they've said. That's a, a really a, an attempt to make a deal with God. and That's not what this is about. Well, for Job, the pressure is increasing, but Job's faith, as fragile as it is, is growing. So we come to this chapter 23, and if we look at verse 1 through to 7, Job here is not so much engaging in conversation with Eliphaz or his other friends. His desire is to speak to God. You know, when a person especially a believer is suffering it's an easy thing for us to tell them that they should pray yes it's good if they do but it's easy to say but it's not always an easy thing for the one who is suffering to do and we're going to see how job who has the desire to pray is Struggling as he seeks to speak to God. And if we look at the first two verses, verse 1 and 2, we see here Job's condition. Verse 1 Then Job replied, Even today my complaint is bitter, his hand is heavy in spite of my groaning. You see, Job is still very much in pain, he still has reason to complain. He believes that for some unknown reason God is allowing this terrible thing to be happening to him. And in verse 3, his first desire is to be close to God. If only I knew where to find him. If only I could go to his dwelling. You know, when a child falls or scrapes their knee, they run to the parents. And when an adult is hurting, they, like the child, want the company of an understanding friend. One who will stay with them. For Job, whose desire is to run to God, his problem is that he feels as if God is nowhere to be found. He can't see God in the situation that Job is in. And this is very much like David. Um, I want us just to read a little bit from Psalm 69 as David looks to God for answers. This is Psalm 69, verse 16 through to 18. Answer me, Lord, out of the goodness of your love. In your great mercy, turn to me. Do not hide your face from your servant. Answer me quickly, for I am in trouble. Come near and rescue me, deliver me because of my foes. David, like Job, is desperate for God's presence, for God to be with him. So he cries out to God. And if we come to the New Testament, Paul in Romans 15, verse 1 through to 4, he quotes from this psalm as he speaks of both endurance and endurance and encouragement listen to what he says romans fifteen one 1-4 this is paul speaking we who are strong ought to bear with the f- failings of the weak and not to please ourselves each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up for even christ did not please himself but as it is written. The insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. So that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. So that for us this evening could be a reference to Job. For everything that was written in the past that is what's written in the scriptures, was written for us so that through the endurance taught, and we're learning that in the life of Job, taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. So there's a lesson here for those who are suffering and for those who would be comforters. Both need endurance and both need encouragement. Let's go back to our chapter, chapter 23 and look at verse 4 through to 7. And we can ask this question. Why would Job want to be in the presence of the one who is responsible for his pain? That's a good question, isn't it? Let's see what we can find as we read through. Verse 4 through to verse 7. I would state my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would find out what he would answer me and consider what he would say to me. Would he vigorously oppose me with great power? No, he would not press charges against me. There the upright can establish their innocence before him, and there I would be delivered forever from my judge. You know, a lot of people in Job's condition would want to blame God. Notice that Job doesn't do that. He can question God, but he doesn't blame God. He says, no, he wouldn't press charges against me. In other words, Job knows that in God's eyes, he is innocent. And we know that he is, because we see that right at the very start of the book of Job. And he also knows that he, Job, is upright and that he can come before God. Job just wants to speak to God. And as we listen to his words, we see that he knows the power that God has. He knows that God would not condemn him. He knows that he, Job, is innocent and that God is the one who will deliver him. Maybe not from his pain that he's in now, but from the final judgment great lessons here in this book for us and you know this is a believer's prayer and it reminds us of how jesus taught his disciples to pray if you go to matthew 26 and read that in relation to what we're looking at this evening and you will see similarities of how Jesus taught his disciples to pray and how Job prays. So how will Job speak to God? Well, firstly, he will acknowledge God's authority. He knows who God is. Secondly, secondly, he will come as a forgiven sinner. He's not perfect, but he's forgiven, a forgiven sinner. Thirdly, he will tell God exactly how he feels. Fourthly, he will tell God why he thinks that he is being treated unfairly. Fifthly, he will wait for God's answer. And finally, he will accept and try to understand God's answer. So Job sees the authority of God. He knows that God is a merciful God. He knows that God is a just God. And Job knows that his faith is in God. So what is it that Job wants? And was, what is it that you will notice he did not ask for? Well, what does he want? He does want deliverance from his present situation. We know that. He tells us that. But what is it that Job is asking for? He's asking to be in the presence of God, the God that he loves, and the God who he knows loves him. Let's go through verse 8 through to 12. And we'll see here that Job's faith is not in a God that he cannot see or it's in a god that he cannot see job's faith is in a god that at the moment he cannot see so verse 8 but if i go to the east he's not there if i go to the west i do not find him when he is at work in the north i do not see him when he turns to the south I catch no glimpse of him. You see, Job knows that God is there. Job believes in him, but at the moment he can't see him. He's looked all around, north, south, east and west, really. But he knows that God is at work. He's at work in the north. He can't catch a glimpse of him when he looks to the self. But he knows that God is there and God is working. So what do we learn from this? Well, if we read on verse 10 and 11, well, 10 through to 12, Job knows that even though he can't see God, he knows that God is in control. Verse 10, but he, that is God, but he knows the way that I take When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. My feet have closely followed his steps. I have kept to his way without turning aside. I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. there's a few things we can glean from these verses. Firstly, God sees and God knows. And Job knows this. Secondly, Job is not being punished by God, but he is being tested by God. And thirdly, this testing is not to improve Job's faith. It is to demonstrate Job's faith for the benefit of others. In this case, it's as... Proof to Satan that saving faith is not based on what Job can get out of God, but his faith is in who God is. And fourthly, Job not only lives by God's words. That's important. This is what's strengthening his faith. But he treasures them in his heart. He has treasured the words of his mouth. More than his daily bread. And Job knows whatever the outcome might be. He will come out. Like one. Who has been through the forge. And emerges as gold. Great value. Even though he's going through pain. Suffering heartache and loss. Let's go to the last part of the chapter as we draw to a close, verse 13 through to 17. And we repeat these words, the Lord gives and the Lord can take away. Verse 13. But he stands alone and who can oppose him? He does whatever he pleases. He carries out his decree against me. And may such plans be still, and many such plans he still has in store. That is why I am terrified before him. When I think of all this, I fear him. God has made my heart faint. The Almighty has terrified me. Yet I am not silenced by the darkness, by the thick darkness that covers my faith. You know, when we finally reach the end of the book of Job, God will not give Job a definitive answer as to why he's been suffering. But these words of Job are very close to what God will actually say to him. So we can look out for that as we come towards the end of the book of Job. Job refers to God as saying, he stands alone. And who can oppose him? He does whatever he pleases. Also we see in these verses things are bad for Job and his expectation is that they will get even worse. He sees a dark picture ahead of him. He sees that the darkness will become darker. But his faith in God, gives him a glimmer of hope. He says, yet I am not silenced by the darkness. So there's some words of encouragement and challenge to us from this chapter. And you know, Job hasn't finished yet. He's going to continue. We'll look at the next chapter uh, as we see this next week. In the meantime. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you again for this book of Job. And we know that it is a difficult book. We know there's so much in it for us to understand. But we know that it's a very practical book, that we can learn so many lessons about ourselves. We can learn lessons about you. We learn lessons about those who are suffering and hurting. Those of your people who do not understand why they go through so much pain and sorrow and trouble. And, Father, you can challenge those of us who very often fail to be comforters to those who need us but our father we know that you are there and we know that you can speak and encourage and we seek your encouragement this evening as we've gathered together around your word and in the name of jesus we ask this amen